uh, the skit guys showed us a truth uh, that many people don't connect the whole life of Jesus together as a complete package. I love that. So baby Jesus was the same as walking on water Jesus? And whatever happened to that guy? Well, he went to the cross. Cross Jesus is the same as baby Jesus and walking on water Jesus? Yeah. And you know what? They didn't actually go into all the rest. Because baby Jesus becomes walking on water and teaching and doing miracles Jesus, who becomes cross Jesus, who goes to the cross, rises from the dead, and ascends to the Father, and is going to come back as judge of the world. So... I thought they did a great job of just depicting so we could open up this session and really think about this because many people see Jesus as kind of a groovy, mythical, and the uh, virgin birth and the born in a barn, born in a manger, those are like stories. And we sometimes when we're raising up our children, we say, we're going to teach you some Bible stories, and I really think that if we can, we should probably say, I'm going to teach you some Bible history and Bible accounts, because they weren't mere stories. Peter even addressed that. He said, we haven't followed myths or fables, but we've told you the things that really happened concerning Jesus. And so the the skit guys opened it up, and I want to just talk about this Uh, Looking at slide number one, it did indeed start in Bethlehem. Jesus was born in Bethlehem. The Bible teaches that that Mary and Joseph had come back for a census, and they lived up in the northern section of the Sea of Galilee, and of course Bethlehem would be uh, south of of the Galilee, which is a large lake. And, And actually, when I was in Jerusalem about a month and a half ago, I looked out at Bethlehem, and we couldn't go visit Bethlehem because of the, the West Bank stuff, and it's under Palestinian control, and it's quite dangerous. And, but I could see Bethlehem from one ridge uh, from Jerusalem. I could see Bethlehem, and it's actually equal height as, as Jerusalem because there was an aqueduct that brought water from Bethlehem into Jerusalem. And so Bethlehem was a, a very close Uh, location to Jerusalem. Of course, back in those days, everything was done by walking. And so it it would take a little bit of time to get from Bethlehem about five or six miles away into Jerusalem. But it's very visible one each city from the other. But Joseph and Mary did come to to, uh, be counted in the census. And there they could find no place to uh, basically take care of this pregnant woman. And, and uh, they found that the only place they could stay was in an inn. And under the inn, there was stables. Those stables probably housed things like oxen, donkeys, camels perhaps. And whatever uh, person would arrive in to stay in the inn, that's where they would give fodder and, and, and shelter for their animals. And so we see that the birth of Jesus was in fact very humble, and, uh, and, and that's the real deal, is that, you know, when, when the kids leave the door open, sometimes I'll yell at them, you born in a barn? And I heard a voice from heaven, yeah, I was, actually. <laughs> actually, I really was. Jesus was born in a stable, he was, and he was placed in a manger. 
Now, I, I've got to tell you a joke. You know, how do we know that it was three wise, uh, wise men and not three wise women, right? Well, there are several reasons. One, they would have got there on time instead of two years later because the women would have asked for directions. Number two, they would have, they would have cleaned the stable and had a casserole ready. And, and then finally, they would have brought practical gifts, not gold, frankincense, and myrrh. They would have brought some things, some, you know, tidies and maybe uh, car seats and things, you know. So that's why we do know that that account that uh, three wise men came looking for Jesus was truly three wise men and not three wise women, because it would have been a much better event had the wise women been on it. So the start of Jesus was very humble. And if we, we stop there, well, I'm just a Christmas kind of a Christian. I just want to kind of celebrate that Jesus was born. Yeah, but Jesus wasn't born in a vacuum. Babies grow up and they become adults. They become people with moral value and, and, and do things. And so Jesus literally started humble, but wow, what a life he lived. Looking at slide number two. Prophecy said that this child was going to be named after a number of great things. In Hebrew culture, you would often be named for some of the significant defining points of your life. Jacob was prophesied to be a guy, a heel catcher, which would be almost synonymous to calling him con man. Here's my son, con man. You want to do business with him? No, I don't think so. Here's my son, Jacob, Jacobos, the heel snatcher, the guy who's going to trip you up and take advantage in a deal. And so Jacob was glad when he got a new name, Israel. But your name depicted your character. And so it was told that you're going to call this baby's going to be called Jesus. That was what happened in, in, in the time when Mary and Joseph were birthing this baby. It was identified he'd be called Yeshua or Jehovah's salvation, but he was also given other names prophetically around five to six centuries early by the prophet Isaiah. Did I knock that down? At least I didn't hurl. Okay. <laughs> Not yet, at least. As many of those good cookies as I ate before, you might see me hurl. And if I do, I'm getting more cookies after the service, too. But Isaiah chapter 9, verses 6 through 7, the prophet Isaiah was given insight by the Holy Spirit about the coming of the Messiah, or Mishach, the anointed one, the smeared one, the one who was going to be smeared with the grace of God to accomplish his life destiny, which changed the destiny of the universe. Isaiah 9, verse 6 and 7 says, For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulder, and his name will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end. Upon the throne of David and over his kingdom to order it and establish it with judgment and justice from that time forward, even forever. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. Looking at this to kind of draw out the meaning here, unto us, who is Jesus? 
Jesus was a gift, not only to the Jewish people, but Jesus is our kinsman. Jesus is our child. Jesus, baby Jesus, is our baby. We treasure our baby, for unto us a child is born. Unto us a son is given. John chapter 1 says he came to his own, but his own did not receive him. But as many as received him, to them gave he the power to become sons of God. Wow. As I'm talking, I can feel the Holy Spirit resonating with all of us who have made that choice. Yes, he's ours. That's my Jesus. That son, that child was given for us, for for Jews and Gentiles. For people from Thailand, from people from Mexico, from people from, you know, Argentina, Germany, all. He's Jesus given as our child. And it goes on to say this, and the government will be upon his shoulder and and his name, capital H, because it's in the middle of a sentence when it has a capital like that, his That speaking of divinity, and he, God, Jesus, his name will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God. It's so important that when we deal with the complete Bible Jesus, not just the cross Jesus, not just the returning Savior and Lord Jesus, but how many of you know Jesus said, in the volume of the book, it's written of me. We need to be full Bible scholars and go from Genesis to Revelation to see Jesus in his completeness. And one of the things that's so easy for people to do, and especially cults will do this, they de-emphasize the deity of Jesus Christ. Let me just say this, the body of Jesus Christ was not God, but that invisible, eternal, that preceded the birth and manifestation of the Son, the Word was from time immemorial, the Word is part of the Trinity. Father, Son, or Father, Word, and Holy Spirit. The Word was there at, 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 at the birth. And it was a mystery of what happened when Jesus was born, that God, the second person, entered into him. And, and, and therefore, uh, we see that people would understand Jesus. Some of them could catch he was God, and other people didn't. Some people would try to flatter him as a man. He'd say, You don't honor any man. Worship only the Father. But others that would see that he was God would worship him as God, and he would take it. Why? Because Jesus was mighty God. Mighty God. Mighty God. People don't understand the significance of, of, of Saul of Tarsus' conversion. When Saul, who was killing Christians because he thought they were heretics... And he was trying to war against the name of Jesus. And he's knocked on his keister. A lot of people say he was knocked off his horse. There's nothing in the Bible that said he was riding a horse, a donkey, a camel, or, you know, the Greyhound bus. He was most likely walking. I've, I've seen the road to Damascus from the heights of the Golan Heights, the road to Damascus. That was the road that Paul traversed on. And on his way to bring trouble against the Christians, imprison them, and some of them he'd already had killed. And he was knocked to the ground, and he knew it was God. 
And, 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 and he saw, saw a bright light and then was blinded. And he heard this voice. He cried out and he said, who are you, kurios? Which in the Greek means Lord. No Jew would ever say Lord to any other deity than Jehovah God. Who are you, kurios? Who are you, Lord? And the voice said, I am Jesus that you have persecuted. You cannot really understand Jesus if you do not understand. I love him in his humanity. I love his prayers in Gethsemane, and I weep every time I read them. When as a man, he cried out for help from God. Okay? And I believe that at the point of his, uh, that when he gave up his spirit, that the God part had to leave him or he couldn't have died. And that's why he said, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? I will always honor Jesus as being the world's greatest human. But I will tell you this, he is more than that. He's everlasting father. Every one of us who've been born into a lively hope, we were born because Jesus was that good seed, that first fruit, the best and the first to bring many sons into glory. It was Jesus and we've been begotten through the name of Jesus. So he's not only the mighty God, but he's our everlasting daddy. He's the prince of peace. And of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end. Seated on the throne of David. David was given a promise. David, because you've walked before me, I want to tell you something. You're never going to lack a man on your throne. And all of a sudden, Jesus appears. Hi, here's the son of David. <laughs> How many of you think, go try to play king of the hill with that king. There ain't nobody. No, you know, Nietzsche said God is dead. Nietzsche's dead and God still lives. Well, let me just say this. God put Jesus on the throne of David. And that throne of David is expanding through the hearts of people who say, we want the presence of God. We are not afraid to be ruled by a just king who teaches us how to live. What is morality? How should we raise our families? How should we run our government? How should we have peace and equity in our streets? How many of you know, if, if everybody opened the book and got back to Jesus, we'd have a much better family, a much better society. There'd be peace among the races. But because man rejects him as king, we have the, the trouble. Slide three. <laughs> Wow, the baby in a manger really grew up and fulfilled his destiny. But let's talk about what the Lord had said Christ's destiny was going to be. There was this situation where this young man, Joseph, who was engaged to a girl, hears the story. I, I would be troubled if I heard my girlfriend tell me, oh, I'm, I'm having a baby. This is going to be a bad evening. Come on now, lighten up, quit trying to act so holy. Hearing your girlfriend's pregnant and you know you didn't touch her. You know, the last thing you're thinking is touched by an angel. <laughs> and so Joseph was a very, very good man. And the Bible said he had thought 
of putting her away privily or privately. He didn't, he didn't want to dash her. He didn't want to slander her. But that's kind of a deal breaker. And she had told him what had happened. He needed help. And so he was thinking about these things. I assume he was laying on his bed, his cot, or mat on, 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 in the floor. Many nations I've been to, they don't have raised beds. They have just a mat on the floor with reeds and things to give him a little padding. But while he thought about these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take to you Mary, your wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. And she will bring forth a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. Wow. He will save his people from their sins. You know, this is the ministry that every believer has. You see? Our job is to, to, to declare the acceptable day of the Lord. If you're here today and you have not invited Christ in your life, I just want to tell you something. It's a good day today. God really wants you to get in. The reason that he wants you to know the good news is because there's impending bad news. And that everyone needs to have peace with God through Jesus. But Jesus was given that destiny to deliver people from their sins. Not to just be a good teacher. Not to be a good role model. Not to be one of the ascended masters. I've talked to many new age people and say, well, he's one of the, like Muhammad or Baha'u'llah or Confucius or Mahatma, not Mahatma Gandhi, uh, <laughs> but uh, Siddhartha Gautama, Buddha. You know, no, let me just tell you something. When masters get lined up to talk about who's got the best idea, they're all going to submit to Jesus Christ because not one person could convey away the sins of the world. It doesn't matter how cool your religion is. If it doesn't deliver you from sin, trust me, destruction is up ahead. And that was the assignment, the destiny of Jesus. So baby Jesus was going to grow up and do all this. Acts chapter 10, verse 38 and following says, How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power, who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. And we are witnesses of all things which he did both in the land of the Jews and in Jerusalem, whom they killed by hanging on a tree. Him God raised up on the third day and showed him openly. I consider the resurrection like the receipt, paid in full. How many of you know when you buy something, you need to get a receipt? So that you can come back and say, here's the receipt. I paid for it. It's paid for. And when Jesus rose from the dead... He said, I went to pay the debts of the sins of the world. I'm back. Paid in full. P-A in full. Paid in full. Done. Oh, Lord, he's had too many cookies, honey. God raised him up on the third day and showed him openly. Not to all the people, but to witnesses chosen before by God, even to us, who ate and drank with him after he arose from the dead. 
and he commanded us to preach to the people and to testify that it is he who was ordained by God to be judge of the living and the dead. Okay, so baby Jesus isn't just baby in the manger. He becomes Jesus who walks on water, who's cross Jesus, who's resurrection Jesus, who's going to be returning Jesus, who's going to judge everybody. Let me just say this. He's a, you're a long way from Bethlehem, Jesus. You're a long way from the manger. We ain't in Kansas anymore, Toto. All the old people go, I get that. The young people are like, huh? Okay. To him, all the prophets witness that through his name, whoever believes in him will receive remission of sins. I want to say this, that there are popular theories that, 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 that I've heard many people talk to me. Um, how many of you could notice I'm, I'm, I'm older than 35? I'm pushing double that? In due time. Don't rush me. But I've, I've heard a lot of, of people talking to me about what their faith is. One of the popular things that I've heard people say is, I do believe there's a God, and I do believe that I'm going to need to answer. And my hope is that when I go before God, that I will have done more good things in my life than I've done bad things. I want to tell you this, that, that when I was a young man, there was uh, the circulation still, you can, and possibly to this day, you can f still get a hold of Confederate states of the United States currency. Okay, that meant when the Civil War happened, Jefferson Davis and the South, they printed their own currency, and it was used during that five years of the Civil War, uh, or prior, uh, prior to it a little bit, to be the currency of the land. But it doesn't count for anything today. So you walk up and you say, hey... I've got, I've got, you know, $15,000. I want to buy that car. Here's my currency. And someone looks and they go, that currency is not valid. What? It says 15000 on it. Yeah, but, but, but it, 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 it's not legal tender. Now, the Bible tells us that all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And that the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. So when we trot in with, hey, man, I watched the movie, pay it forward. I'm going to pay it forward. I, I'm going to make up for all the bad. Trust me, it's like having someone throw like diesel oil all over your white shirt. And you're thinking that if you keep wearing that from banquet to banquet, it'll all, it'll all dissolve. It won't. There's only one solvent that can take away the sins of the world. There's one solvent that can break that up and cause a stained garment to be made clean and pure, to allow a tattered life broken by sin to be brand new. When you put your faith in Jesus Christ, you're begotten again to a new person. We're not putting a patch on an old bad program. You become a new person through the faith in Jesus Christ. And only one solvent can take away the sin. And that's the blood of Jesus. And that's faith in his name. Come on now. Let's shout them. Whoever believes in him. Not, not the God guy, not the guy upstairs, not the guy that's been looking down on me. He's got a name, and his name is Jesus. And it's only through the name of Jesus that you can come in and say, paid in full. I don't stand to defend myself. I'm guilty as hell. I should be in hell. But 
He, I plead the blood of Jesus. He is my plea. As Satan stands to accuse me, I say guilty as charged. Maybe even some of you haven't even told me again that I've done devil. But I know one thing, that he that went to the cross, the baby from the manger that grew up and actualized his destiny and his, his increase of his throne is growing. Let me tell you something. This Christian thing's not being repressed. It's all over the earth. The cat's out of the bag. When do we get our cocoa, honey? When do we get more cookies? I'm ready to go to work now. I'm after you. I want you in the kingdom of God. I want you to get so fired up that people around you think you've slightly gone nuts. You probably need to be a little bit more restrained with your religion. Really, America's really restrained its religion. And our profanity as a culture is magnifying. Maybe it would be time to elevate our voice a little bit and say it's through the name of Jesus that remission of sins come. The next time we see him, slide five, he's going to be returning in full kingly authority. Jesus came down as the, as the Lamb of God, but he's coming as the Lion of the tribe of Judah. He came as, as the, the servant lowly, full, uh, riding on the, the, the offspring of a donkey, but he's coming as the white horse rider. He's coming, he came as the servant, he's coming as the king. And if you think that it was kind of shocking the way he was so unchristlike when he kicked over the tables of, of the money changers, you're going to find out that you ain't seen nothing. When he comes back and he's saying, get your butts out of the pool, rinse due now. I'm terrible on holidays. I scare anybody from coming. We need to go. Let's get back to the Episcopalian church. That church is crazy. But I do bring scriptures with me that prove what I'm saying. Mark chapter 13, verses 26 and 27. Then they will see the Son of Man coming in the clouds with great power and glory. And then he will send his angels and gather together his elect from the four winds, from the farthest part of heaven to the farthest part, uh, farthest part of the earth to the far, farthest part of heaven. The Bible says that he's going to come back through the eastern gate. He's going to split the eastern sky and all eyes are going to see him coming. He left on clouds. He's coming back. Clouds of glory. You want to be ready. You don't want to die in test date. Well, you know, someday I probably need to pray. I think today's a good day to pray. Our final slide, only through faith in the name of Jesus can people be saved. Acts 4.12 says, nor is there salvation any, any other, for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. Name means authority. If I write you a check and someone fills it in for me and puts the word Mickey Mouse, it, no, you're not getting it out of my bank account. If you get a bank draft from me, it needs to have my signature on it. And if you're going to go and say, Lord, I need salvation, don't trot in with your own righteousness. 
Don't try to end with your sorries and I'll try to do better. Come in the name of Jesus. I come before you, Jesus, today to acknowledge you were born of a virgin. You were born in an inn. You were the baby in this stable. And you were a beautiful child. Wish I could have been there to tell you how beautiful you were. But I'm a benefactor that you're all grown up. And one day, in my sin and in my darkness, you let me in to your family. And until the day I die, I can never claim I was always good. I was broken. I was bleeding. And I needed this one to convey me from the kingdom of death to the kingdom of life. And now that I'm born of God, I'm going to do my best to cooperate. I'm going to do my best to not be a bad guy. I'm going to do my best not to lust or sin or beat people up. But at my very best, I'll always need you, Savior. Siempre. Tu eres mi Señor. Tu eres mi promesa. Y me esperanza por la vida eterna y de este día. Siempre. Always, Lord, I'll need you. Our takeaway Let's not just have a holiday understanding of Jesus. Let's see the complete picture and put our trust in him. Right now, a number of you came in this place and you're just, you're on the edge of despair. So many people during the holiday season, they call it quits. They check out. You know, I praying for the deliverance of a young man that overdosed. He's on the edge of death. I'm praying, oh God, 19, 20 years old is too young. Hear my prayer. Escúchame, Señor. Listen to me, Lord. Heal him. I will tell you this, that it's easy to come to a meeting like this and, and look good. But leave here with despair in your heart. And I want to tell you something. You have a God who has done everything to join you. And what he says is you have to call on his name. That's all you have to do is call on his name. And it, the Bible said, if you'll call on his name, he'll save you. He'll deliver you. He'll take away your sins. You don't have to promise to try to pay it back because you can't. You can't pay, pay back for the first sin, much less all the others. He pays in full. What you do is you thank him. Let's all close our eyes and bow our head. Right now, I'm just so excited about those of you who are going to join God today. Those of you who came in this place knowing that you need more than an alteration. You need a brand new life. If you're here today and you say, I, if God will have me, I want to join God. I want to be a part of his family. Put up your hand, every one of you. Put your hand up so we can know you're here. I see a hand here. I see another hand. Come on now. I see other hands. Get your hands up, guys. This is a great day. It's a great day. It's a great day to say, Lord, I need you. Lord, I need you. Wow. Let's just pray this together.
We're going to ask Jesus to forgive us of our sins. And I believe that you're going to find that you will become a brand new person as you put your faith in Jesus. Your motivation, your justifications will change. Let's pray this prayer. Dear Father, I come to you this day and I thank you that you have paid in full the price of my sins through Jesus. I thank you, God, that baby Jesus grew up. He became the Jesus that can save me from my sins. And his resurrection was proof of payment. Today, God, I call on your name. I ask you to save me. Take away my sin. Make me new on the inside. You said if I would call on your name, I'd be saved. I'm calling on your name today, Lord. You also said, if I would call on your name, I would not be ashamed. Take away the shame out of my life. Dear God, if you'll be my God, I'll be your servant. If you'll be my father, I'll be your child. I receive you this day, dear Father, in Jesus' name, amen.